Hi, this is Lee Creech and Kayla Couples. And welcome back to Small Town World. We are here with you today and we are um, talking about, I wrote Drift Away um, from a specific verse that had stuck in my head um, that kind of brought us up to this topic. Um, also looked up apostasy. Uh, we talked about backsliding. So, um, so if someone were a listener and they were wanting more clarification about what it meant to, to drift away or even what it meant to backslide, because, you know, sometimes that's, again, that's one of those church words that if yeah. you're new to the faith, that particular word might be something you hear someone say in conversation or even a pastor say and not be fully, you know, confident that you know what it means. Exactly. So how would you what explain to someone what, what it means to drift away or what it means to backslide? Um, I would say someone who is out of fellowship with other believers, uh, but that's just the tip of the iceberg, yeah. um, out of fellowship with God, really. I almost think that f- out of fellowship with believers is more of a symptom of... Symptom of the out of fellowship with God. Yeah. 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 So you're not praying. You're not in His Word. Um, and, yeah. Living for living for self. Living for self. I know I, f- I have found myself in a place where I feel... I know that God has not left me because He has. I have that promise that He'll never leave me or forsake me. But I have that feeling that I'm not as connected or as close. And mm-hmm. typically, when I reflect on that, it's choices I'm making um, to do what I want to do, spend my time the way I want to spend my time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have fallen into a sin and not, you know, the Lord had to open my eyes that that. A particular thing was a sin, and so I had to come back to a place of repentance from that. But I, just thinking about you know times in my own life where I felt that absolutely that drift. Now I've never felt like I've drifted so far away that because we're going to talk about you know just the security of salvation, things that have happened that might have caused us to question that or people to question that. And I, you know, I can say I've never been at that place where I have felt I drifted so far that I might have questioned, do I even know the Lord or does the Lord even know me? But yeah. um, but I can see someone getting to that place where they are so far from their relationship with the Lord that they're having to then question, you know, am I, am I still His or maybe was I ever? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I think those are two relevant questions. Yeah, I've, I've been there many, many times actually for years for a whole season of of my life I struggled with my doubts about my salvation and uh, just because of my past sin and things that I had done in my life and so um but uh the Holy Spirit at different times through scripture would confirm my salvation to me I would read a scripture and then I would you know just have that security and confirmation that um so just kind of setting up uh our conversation today uh, I think maybe a good way to say it is that just like with different denominations, there's different theology, different sure. points of doctrine. And uh, depending upon what doctrinal or theological background you have, there are two kind of uh, different viewpoints yeah. regarding salvation. And there are those that believe that um once you have been grafted in, once you have been adopted into the family of God, then you are secure in your salvation mm-hmm. and you need not worry 
that some sin is going to separate you mm-hmm. from Christ. So there's that's the one side. And then the other side of that is that when you are when you fall away, when you drift away, that you can lose your salvation. And I think there's so many different degrees on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. I have a friend in junior high. We were probably eighth grade, and um, she was of a particular denomination that believed that you essentially lost your salvation every time you sinned. Yes. And yes. that particular denomination required you to repent and be resaved every time. Every time. You, yeah. If you confess, if you acknowledged and confessed sin, that means you had to be saved again. Mm-hmm. And I remember many hours of conversation with her because I, of course, being from the denomination that we grew up in, was very, I mean, I'm just going to call what they called it, is once saved, always saved. Yeah. So and we're heavily taught. Heavily taught. <laughs> and... That's, you know, yeah, and and so I just remember, and it, it's almost as if we were on either end of... Either ends of the spectrum. That debate, yeah. you know. Yeah. So anyway, just, just setting that up, that that's what we're going to talk about. And the fact that there are theological points, there are doctrinal points, that there's scripture oftentimes um, on, on either side of an issue. Yeah. And so that's why we have to be careful... Uh, and and then too that we are so I I'm so limited in my understanding that I you know I, I need to just be careful in how yes. I handle God's word and then also the reality that there is a mystery in Scripture there is a mystery His God's ways are higher than our ways that we that we also have to um, factor that into anything that we talk about because there are things that God has revealed to us. And there are things that are a mystery. Well, I think you articulated all of that so well, um, all of our thoughts and the thoughts that have been swirling in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I think you articulated all of that really well because that is exactly what we wanted to discuss today. And um, do you want me to read the verse that prompted my yeah. <laughs> topic? That prompted this topic. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4, for this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. For if the message spoken through the angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This salvation had its beginning when it was spoken spoken of by the Lord, and it was confirmed to us by those who heard him. At the same time, God also testified by signs and wonders, various miracles, and distributions of gifts from the Holy Spirit according to his will. So that was the that was the scripture that prompted. And then there are so many others. I wrote the um, Matthew 5, 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything, but will be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Um, you talked about the vine being cut. We, yeah. Uh, I had also... John 15 is uh, the the chapter that that particular... And this uh, this author talked about Matthew 13, 24 through 30, the parable of the wheat and the chaff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all basically talking yeah. about the same thing. Um, and uh, Matthew 20... 4, 45 through 51, that that was a scary one. It's uh, (laughs) who then is a wise and faithful servant 
whom his master has put in charge of his household to give him food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that wicked, uh, supposed to say servant, says in his heart, my master is delayed and starts to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, that servant's master will come on a day that he does not expect him and an hour he does not know, and he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, yeah. Yeah. Scary. There's, there, yeah. Scary. Scary. scary words. Scary, scary words. Yeah. And so, um, those words make me question um, the, the once saved, the always saved theology. I'll just be honest. Yeah. Um, it makes me struggle with it. And I read, uh, I've read some stuff recently that support, um, that support it, that are, that are beautiful and wonderful. And I agree with so many, so, so many things about it. Um, but then I, but then I still, but then I still have doubts in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, because I read other verses (laughs) that several of the things that you just mentioned, talking about the master in John 15, Jesus calls God, the father, the vine dresser, um, the owner, the one yeah. that's makes gets to make decisions about what branch stays, what branch goes, right. what need what needs to be pruned and what doesn't. And the reality of that is there are things in a person's heart that only God sees. And when in, even in that Matthew that you just said, the person made the choice, yeah, to do opposite of what his master had told him to do. And I don't know, it just gives me pause to think that because so many of the older commentaries and and even as you read from Got Questions, a newer commentary, just point out the fact that there are false professions. I mean, I don't know what it, people who claim one thing, but they are something completely different. Yeah. And Jesus warned of them repeatedly. And even, you know, there, there are those that use the scripture in John 15, where Jesus says that the vines, I mean, the branches will be cut off and cast out and burned into fire and all of that. They use that as a proof text to support mm-hmm. that you can lose your salvation. And then there are many that believe that, I would say the, many conservative comments. I don't know if that's even the right word because I don't know that I always use that word correctly, but those that um, take a conservative view of Scripture. Yeah. Let me say it that way. Those that take a conservative view of Scripture um, believe that what who Jesus was speaking of are those Jews that thought just because they were a Jew, they were going to be saved. Yeah. And I've that, that also. That whom he was speaking of were not people who had truly... Not true believers. Not true believers. People that were not truly in the vine. Right. And so I equated that the other day to um, my own trees in my yard. Like you th- you look at your tree and you think it's fine. And then a storm comes through and, you know, we have all those trees and so we have 3,000 limbs. And so you go and you think, oh, a, a good limb fell out. Well, then when you go look at it, even though there's even some green leaves on the end, the reality of, of it is that it was rotten. It was it, rotten. It wasn't really attached. Yeah. Um, you know, and but but the, just by looking at it, it looks like it is. And so yeah. So there's scripture in is that scripture in John? Um, let me go back and find that. It. 
Which one? Which scripture? The scripture that says that they went out from us because they were not truly of us. Uh, oh, no, I think that's okay. a new... Te- that's a... Is that one in Paul's writing? I don't know. Or is I'm that 1 John? I'm going to find it. It is, it is John... Uh, well, um, uh, no, that's not right either. Okay. I know the verse you're talking about. <laughs> there I, is a verse I have that says, yeah, I know. I, it may be in several, or something similar to that, the way that's being stated, may be in several places, but I do thought that Paul spoke of those that... Uh, they went out from us because they were not truly of us. Isn't that what the verse says? That sounds very familiar. And I did not write it down. I'm sorry, folks. Um, but I did, while she's looking, maybe looking for that, I did write down what apostasy meant. Um, apostasy. Yes, to talk about apostasy a little bit. Because we think that's different, right? That's different from a backslider. It is different I from believe, a backslider. Yes, yeah. I definitely believe that it's different than a backslider. So apostasy, or the drift away, what we what initiated this. Apostasy from the Greek word Apostasia means a defiance of an established system or authority, a rebellion, an abandonment, or a breach of faith. There were two main types of apostasy falling away from a key and true doctrine of the Bible into heretical teachings that claim to be the real Christian doctrine. That's people that fall into cults, people uh, that fall into false teachings. Um, and Those then, that deconstruct and turn away yeah. from they, what they've been taught and deny the truth of Scripture. Well, the second one is a complete renunciation of the Christian faith, which results in full abandonment of Christ. Um, A.W. Tozer said, So skilled is error at imitating truth that the two are constantly being mistaken for each other. It takes a sharp eye these days to know which brother is Cain and which brother is Abel. That was scary. That was talking about false doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. The verse that we were looking for was 1 John 2, 19. They went out from us, but they did not really, no, but they were not really of us. If they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be evident that they all are not of us. Yeah. That's the New American Standard. Um, this this author, and we don't know his name and got questions, um, he did, like I said, I loved so many of the things that they, that I think it's two, it's two different articles, and this, uh, this um, author said, A Christian is one who has been redeemed from sin and placed on the path to heaven. He is a new creation, and his heart has been turned toward God. His old nature is gone and passed away. Yeah. His new nature would no more desire to give back his salvation and return to his own old self, condemned to hell for eternity for sin, than a heart transplant recipient would want to give back his new heart and have his old diseased one placed back in his chest. The concept of a Christian giving back his salvation is unscriptural and unthinkable because actually, and that's um, exactly the words that I would say to myself whenever I have questioned in the past, I would say, but can a person give it back? And his response to that is, would you pull out your heart if you were a heart transplant patient and give it back? No, you wouldn't. Right. If you were a true believer, it would be unthinkable to give back your salvation. So I loved, I loved that. It did give me, um, and I, I think part pause. of my 
several thoughts on that is that number one, um, it's remembering where salvation comes from and how salvation is accomplished. Yes. And I think the fact that it is a complete work of God in us. And nothing that we can do. And nothing that we can do. That it is only, I mean, a, a breath, I believe. A, you know, that that's, that's our only, is the expression of our faith. That's our only role we play in the salvation of our souls. Now, the sanctification process that comes after that, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, the baby Christian staying a baby or actually growing into mm-hmm. maturity and bearing fruit and doing all the adult things that an adult does, you know. But the actual act of salvation is a work of God in us. Um, you know, even even what it takes for us to believe is a gift from Him. Yes. And so that that gives me pause when I start thinking about the fact that whether someone could lose or not. And then the other things are things that have how he speaks of us as his children, the adoption, that process that we've gone through and the price that he paid and the redemption that's been and the ransom that's been paid, all the things that he has done. Yeah. Um, yeah. The word sealed also, I, I say that to myself too. Yeah. In, in uh, security that we've been sealed. Sealed. Yeah. We just read, I did, I didn't write down the reference of it, but that was one of the ones we looked at while we were talking before we recorded is, again, that so he draws us to himself, gives us what we need to accept him, opens our eyes to believe him. He already paid the ransom. We take the gift that's freely given, unwrap it, accept it. The new creation process begins because of what he has done in us, and then the Holy Spirit seals it up. And so um, there's someone else that I'm close to that struggles with this issue a lot. And they, but their issue isn't on what God does. Their issue is is on how they see people act. Mm -hmm. And this person always says, how can that person who does blah, 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 be saved? And, you know, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question, but we know that God sees the heart fully. And, mm-hmm. and whether that person is or isn't really isn't my place to say. I mean, I can, I can see f- the fruit of it and, yeah, just, and, come, about that. and make, you know, a, an assessment of what I think I see. But ultimately, it's on the Lord. But what those verses that you're referencing do for me is they make me consider my, my own walk. Yes. That's what those verses do for yeah, me. Yeah. It doesn't make me want to necessarily make some big doctrinal statement. It doesn't make I me... Can't. I, yeah, can't I can't. Never. Either. I, I can't, can never. I can't even say, I understand this issue completely and this is where I stand. And I can say the impression that my heart has based on what I know Scripture mm-hmm. says. I can say what I want. I would love to say that I wholeheartedly, 100% believe that... We are once saved, always saved. I would love to be able to say that with full confidence. But if I'm honest, yeah, I have doubts about it. Right. Truly. And Eileen, it's so fun. We were talking about the spectrum. I think you and I are on just either side of the absolute truth of God. Like we, like yeah. I know God has an absolute truth. There's, there's, yes. he's not wavering on this, this right. issue. He's not. Sure. He, it's, it's our lack as humans 
of wrapping our mind around it. And mm-hmm. I think part of the reason we struggle to wrap our mind around it is because of the ugliness of our own hearts. Right. And the ugliness that we observe in humanity, it makes it hard yeah. to, to, to land firmly. But not because God, God isn't sure about it because he knows exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say that to say, like, I feel like maybe you, whereas you say, I wish I could say fully, I can say fully, but I see your point. Mm-hmm. And I think you're on the other side saying, yeah, I see your point. I just can't say fully. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the beauty of that to me is that it keeps us pursuing. Yes. Because it does keep me pursuing. It does exactly. make me want to say, okay, God, I, I think I know, but I'm not sure I fully know exactly what your word says about it. Yeah. Or I think this is what I believe, but I'm not sure I can articulate why I believe it. Right. Show me in your word if what your word actually says. Like yeah. I want to, like you were saying, I want to know God rightly. I want to know God rightly. Yeah. And because I know he has an absolute truth regarding this issue, I do want to know. Yeah. Um, and that mystery just keeps us pursuing. Yeah. You know. I, well, I think that we have covered what we wanted to say. I don't know that we, I hope we accomplished something for other people. Um, do you feel like we, is there anything else we need to add to what we've said? I will say this. One of the purposes of having a discussion like this is because there's someone out there saying, I mean, I've always been taught such and such, but I read this verse and now I don't know. And, or I thought I knew what I believed and now I'm Mm -hmm. not, I mean, like all those things. And to be able to say, oh, there's other people that feel that way. And there's a process to go through to figure it out. And as we have said from the, I don't even know how long we've been doing this, but from the very beginning. March of 2021. From March of 2021, that the answers found in God's Word. Absolutely. And so I think that it's beautiful to have these discussions. It's beautiful to acknowledge to God, God, I don't understand. Or I think this, but I'm not sure. Show me what what your Word says. Um, I have doubts about a particular issue. Where do I go to find the answer? And I mean, I can tell you what what we do. And number one is we go, we go search Scripture. That's where we start. Yeah. And then we take these scriptures that we think we know what they mean, and we go investigate what other learned people have to say about those scriptures. I know you brought up. And then we still question them. <laughs> and then we still question, and we say, well, this one says this, but this one says this. What? Yeah. And, and, um, and, and that's, how, that's how we continue to pursue God. Whether either one of us is right or not, I don't know, but that's, that's the journey that we're on, and that's, that's the pursuit of truth. Yeah. And so I think if nothing else, my prayer is that for the listener of this podcast to say, you know, I've wondered about that issue too. Yeah. Let me go see what God's word really has to say about it. Um, or even to hear a preacher that that you feel like may be misusing scripture. Yeah. I just think all of those things in educating ourselves in what God's word actually has to say, it does help us evaluate. Was I taught this because this is church tradition? Was I taught this because this is what Scripture actually says? Yeah. Oh, there's some people believe this, but there's a whole other view of that. Right. Why do some people believe 
something completely different than what I've been taught. Mm-hmm. There may be people out there that have, that never didn't even realize once saved was always saved wasn't even a a possibility. Or there may be, be people I was I didn't realize that there were those out there that thought you could lose your, your salvation to the extent that there are. I thought this friend of mine in the eighth grade was from a, because she did go to a really small church. I thought maybe this was something her her church taught. Like a small I didn't, group of people. I didn't realize that there were so many on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, it does cause me to explore more of what God has to say about it. Yeah. Either number one, so I can defend my own beliefs, but really more than that, so that I can view the issue rightly Yeah. based on God's word. So that's my encouragement. And to, remember that we don't ever take one, one scripture out right. of context and base a theology on it either. Right. We need to know the whole picture. The whole picture yeah. Says. Yeah. 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 So scripture, that's our, that's what we leave you with. Today is wrestle. I'm I'm right in the middle of Job, you know, and Job yeah. was not rebuked. Well, he was a little bit rebuked by God for mis uh, interpreting what who he was, but it wasn't the wrestling part, right? Like Job wasn't rebuked for wrestling with God about misunderstanding right. And, right. and not yeah. knowing what was happening. So, yeah. um, ask the hard questions, like yeah. you said, and and go and see what God has to say about them. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining us today, and um, we'll see y'all again next time.